Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Janice Tunnell, for today, Sunday, September 11th. Thank you guys for tuning in tonight. Um, We may not have my sister on the line with us tonight, uh, but when she does get an opportunity, she will jump on. So just want to remind everybody, um, if you have a comment or question for me or for tonight's guest, please give us a call at uh, 914-803-4399. Again, the number is 914-803-4399. 4399. So um, before we bring in our guest tonight, just going to play a very quick commercial. Oh, here's Denise. Let me get her on while she has a chance. Let's see. Hey, I didn't think good you were getting evening. on. I was trying. <laughs> good evening, good evening, everybody. And once again, thank you all for joining us tonight. Welcome to Beauty Talk. Um, I'm excited about tonight's show. Can't wait to talk to Demi, so let's get started. All right. Well, I'm glad to have you on. Um, Will you be over on Twitter tonight? Yes. Okay, cool. So you can follow um, the conversation also on Twitter, and our um, our handle over there is beauty underscore talk. And, and the handle that's being used is Pound Beauty Talk. All right, but we're going to take a very quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. How would you like to become friends with benefits? I'm sure that got your attention. I'm talking about FriendsBeauty.com, now offering a benefits discount program to all of our friends. That's right. Professionals that qualify can save up to 40% and non-professional consumers up to 10% just for setting up a free account online. At Friends Beauty, we offer a huge range of products, including beauty makeup, special FX and theatrical makeup, skin care, wigs and extensions, styling tools, and more with thousands of brands at the best prices. We've been in business since 1940 and pride ourselves on ensuring our friends have the best shopping experience ever. Sign up for our Friends Discount Program and shop with us today at Friends, that's F-R-E-N-D-S, no I, beauty.com, friendsbeauty.com. We also offer studio services for production orders at 818-691-691. 1294. That's 818-691-1294. Join our program and become a friend with benefits today. All right. We are back, and I'm excited um, to talk to our guest tonight, so I'm just going to bring her right on. We are speaking tonight with celebrity hairstylist Demi Dixon, 
and I'm going to bring her on the line right now. Wait a minute. I've got two numbers here. Hold on. Hi, Demi. Hi. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Pretty good, pretty good. I'm glad we were able to get you on this Sunday with us. Oh, no, thank you guys for having me. I feel so honored. I'm like, oh, my God, this is so amazing. <laughs> well, you know, I didn't, even, I, I didn't like, even know. I don't know why I didn't know about this because I would have been listening. I love stuff like this. But guess what? We've been doing this for 15 years now. Wow, this is so amazing. I'm so, so grateful. <laughs> 15 years. So I'm happy that you have been a part of it now. Um, But I've been, you know, kind of watching, low-key watching um, all the stuff that you've been doing lately. And I I wanted to get you on so you can kind of share, you know, with our listening audience. Um, And we're heard all over the world. So um, I really wanted you to have the opportunity to come on and share what you do so more people can, can know about it. Um, and so I just want you to introduce yourself to our listening audience and tell us a little bit about how you got started as a hairstylist. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Um, so basically, my name is Demetrius Dixon, and I go by Demi Dixon. And um, I am a native of Columbus, Georgia, and I reside currently in Atlanta, Georgia. So I'm really like a small-town girl. Um but I always just had really, really big dreams. Um, so basically, all I've ever done my entire life is hair. I've never had another career. I've never even had another job outside of being a hairstylist and a makeup artist and an image consultant. So I started that at a really young age, right around 12 years old. But um, as I got into high school, they had programs when I was in high school that you could go and take cosmetology. So I did that for two years, and that gave me cosmetology credits for technical school, which advanced me a little bit further. And so, you know, I just knew that I wanted to travel the world, work with celebrities. I just didn't know how to go about doing it being from a small town at that time. So I relied Uh a lot on magazines. Back then, we relied on magazines. So I was, like, in every magazine trying to figure out, how do I do this? How do I do that? (laughs) And ultimately, one thing always leads to another, being that I moved to Atlanta at a young age. I started working in the music industry and then, you know, just gradually working behind the scenes and ultimately landing into the film and television industry. And in the midst of all that, I was always an entrepreneur. I was a salon owner since I was 21 years old, and um, I enjoyed my career, and I still love what I do. Wow. So currently, Um, I'm I'm still in the industry, and I, you know, I'm also still a salon owner. Wow, a salon owner, but you know what, I guess that, you know, for you, starting at such a young age, you know, doing hair, I mean, rightfully so, by 21, you probably should have been owning a salon. How was that at such a young age being an entrepreneur? Well, you're absolutely right because, for me, that's all I've ever done. I've done hair. I started braiding hair when I was, like, 12 years old. So in middle school, I was braiding the girls' hair. So by high school, 
I was really doing hair. And then my cosmetology teacher, she was so amazing. She would put us, pair us with salons in the city. So she said, I'm going to put you with somebody I know you're going to go far with. And she did. And this lady was my mentor. And I, I, I obtained a mentor around 15 years old when I started working mm-hmm. in the salon with and she, 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 it was like she was being mean to me because she never would let me do hair. All she wanted to do was teach me the business side. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I didn't realize how important that would be, but she taught me so many things. Like, she was such a good mentor. Um, and so I stayed with her for about four years. She got sick. She passed me her clientele. Um, and being a business owner at that age, you know, kind of was like, all I knew because that's what I watched my mm-hmm. mom do, daycare owner and a foster mom. So mm-hmm. kind of like the only downside was, you know, of course, in my time, my parents, you know, they wanted you to go to college and do all of that traditional thing because they didn't understand right. hairstylists for the whole living. Like, even though you go to the beauty salon every week, mom, you know these people getting your money, don't you? <laughs> right. <laughs> but after, and also in the midst of that, I became a teenage mother, so I was a, I, I had to make it work because yeah. I, I got in high school, and so that was my option, become a business owner because, you know, I just got to get to it now, you know what I'm saying? Um, I had a great support yeah. in the process, but it was a lot of, it was a lot of struggle because I just walked into something, but I knew from what I learned from my mentor, how to do the basics. I went and got me an accountant because I saw her do that. She taught me to do that. So once mm-hmm. I started team together, I knew that I could do it as long as I followed the instructions. So that's kind of like, you know, I had good people around me, thankfully. I'm so blessed. I had amazing people around me. Nice. Nice. Now, can you talk a little bit about – the benefits, and I mean, I, I hear exactly, I can hear the benefits, but can you speak to those out there who are trying to do exactly what you're doing? Um, speak a little bit about the benefits and the importance of having a mentor, um, mm-hmm. having a mentor. And then, you know, you said you're a small-town girl with, with big dreams. Talk Talk to those people who are in small towns or, or those people who don't live in um, big production cities where they could, you know, get to a film and TV set or work with celebrities, what kind of advice would you give to those people who are starting out who may live in small towns? And then just to those who who want to do hair, the importance of mentorship. Okay. First I'll touch mentorship because that, came that was the first thing that I had before I realized I was in a small town because to me you know I had a great life I had good business I had a great salon I had great clientele so I didn't realize I was a small town girl till I traveled away and was like hold on I got it's some some more stuff for me to do so my mentor she used to take me to the Bronner Brothers show she used to take me to Orlando to the premiere show she used to show me things and so that's why I think that the importance of a mentor in whatever field you're trying to go into as a professional is super important because we can't and we don't know everything. And there's already someone that has done the work that 
is out there to help give you a little bit of guidance so that you don't have to make all those mistakes. Even though you're going to have ups and downs, some mistakes are avoidable if you get the proper mentorship. And I don't mean just um, financial mistakes. I'm just thinking, you know, as you're transitioning in your business professionally and you're growing and leveling up, there are certain things you need to know and talk to people who are on those levels, how to conduct yourself. Maybe, you, you know, your character traits. You know, just things that you need to know, and you need someone safe that's, um, you know, going to keep it real with you and also help you to be able to give you that with love. So that's why I feel like, you know, that's my all, all, I always speak highly to that. You know, making sure you, you know, you have some type of mentorship or not even that, even just a village, people you can Mm -hmm always have, you know, we, we, you know, you need business buddies, you need all types of things navigating through things now because there's so much information, you can't know it all. So, Absolutely. Yeah, now, that's, that's my take on it. <laughs> <laughs> Being in Georgia, you know, because you said you wanted to work with celebrities. Now, see, I think for you it was a little different because you came to Atlanta at a young age. You started doing mm-hmm. everything at a young age because, like you said, you were a teenage mom, so you had to make it work, and you mm-hmm. had to get out there and, and do something. Um, but I just think about people who want to work with celebrities and, you know, they live in areas where you'll never see a celebrity. You know, did you ever feel the need to pack up and go to Hollywood? Was that ever a thought for you? Um, no, never. I'll, the only thought need that I saw was to pack up and move to Atlanta because all the exactly. celebrities that I used to work with was right here in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And I knew that if I got to those people, the rest would come. I never exactly. doubted that it would get, not get big for me because I worked hard and I dreamed and I believed and I wrote. I've been writing since I was 16 years old because where I'm from, you don't get to just speak and and have a voice all the time. So you learn to write. And and wow. being smaller town and a large family, I know you know my, it was six of us growing up, and I did everybody's hair in my entire family. So mm-hmm. I always try to hustle because that's where I that's what I you know I I was the youngest of six kids. And so mm-hmm. for me, you know, I, 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 at a young age, I knew that, you know, I had traveled. My, you know, we would travel, so I would see things. And um, I had a little bit more of an advantage than some of the other people probably around me because of that. I, you know, I traveled a little bit, so I knew that, okay, even though I'm just going to Detroit, Detroit was the, the capital of hair. So my yes. entire childhood life I spent in Detroit where I would just study hair, go to hair shows. I would do all of those things. And so sometimes I think, you know, just because you're from a, a, a place where you might not have access, we are living too much now in an Internet time. When I was coming mm-hmm. up, you had to rely on magazines. And I'm going to give you this one story, and the reason why I give this story is because even for people who – 
even have a dream, don't don't even let it don't even let your mind think it can't happen because the reason why I knew I was gonna be a celebrity hairstylist is because I went to the movies and I was in high school and I went to the movies to see baths. I think I was like in seventeen. And uh-huh. I was like, I was already doing them hairstyles. I was like, me and my cousin was like, do that, girl. Look, that's what you do. And so I was already doing all the hairstyles that I was seeing in the movie. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to do that. I, I'm going to go to Hollywood and do hair. So that was my only inspiration is because I knew that those were the same as their hairstyles I was doing. And then right. what I would start doing from there, I would start waiting and see, watching the credits to see who the hairstylist was. And the first person I remembered at that time was Kim Kimball. And I wrote that yep. name down. And I said <laughs> that I'm going to find this lady. So I went to this class that was held in Atlanta by this lady named Crystal Wright. And mm-hmm. um, I found out about her through a magazine. And I went to this class so I can build my portfolio. I was just always on my hustle. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so when I met Crystal Wright, she told me she knew Kim Kimball, and it was just, it was like a domino effect. I went out right. to L.A., I found out I could go to L.A. and um, pay to work in the um, beauty suite, and bam, I met Kim Kimball. Hmm. And even wow. though I had already been business by then, it all just manifested. I just had never met her prior to then. And she was the first person yeah. that I was fired by as a film and television hairstylist or celebrity hairstylist because she mm-hmm. is the one who um, designed the hairstyles for Babs. And that was the movie right. that I was in. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm, I'm glad you shared that story because it just takes me back. Like a lot of people... Just, you know, a lot of people that know of Kim Kimball that's not in the industry know her from always, you know, working with Beyonce, you know, um, and other other big celebrities. But they don't realize that Kim Kimball has always been doing, like, film and television hair as well as salon work um, yeah. before working yeah. with Beyonce. So, mm-hmm. Right. That's why even that inspired me to – to always keep my creativity and go from the salon to the set to do it all because the, mm-hmm. she was doing She had a salon. She was working on set. Like, oh, okay, you, I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> what's so, what's so exactly. crazy is my, my very first union film, uh, well, no, my very, my, yeah, my very first union film once I got into the union, Kim Kimball worked on, and that was 20 years ago. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I remember, um, I used to assist Reggie Wells with Destiny's Child, and I remember we were doing the Grammys in L.A., and it was a big deal this particular Grammys because the girls were performing with this big Latin star, and I cannot remember who it was, but it was somebody we all know. And then, um, um, well, at least I remember, I knew who it was. <laughs> I just can't remember the name, but. Um, I remember in the hotel room, it was this big deal because Beyonce was getting this weave, and the hair, the hair alone was like $3,000. And it was such a big deal because that's all they kept talking about was this hair, you know, and she's getting this really nice weave, and it was really nice. But the girl that walked in to do the weave was Kim, 
but I didn't know who she was at the time. Right. Um, and and then so that was like, I think that was the same year. Like my sister was talking about her first um, union film. I went. I came to Atlanta because at this time I was still in Maryland and working in the had just started working in Maryland in the industry. And so mm-hmm. I came down to Atlanta to work like a week on this same film that my sister's talking about. And that's when I saw her again. And I was like, oh, that's the girl, you know, and that's when I really officially mm-hmm. met her. But, yeah, a lot of people really, don't really realize that she's been doing like film and TV as well long before she started with Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she did. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Her and I became friends, and I became, I'm actually, I became a part of her, one of her design teams. I would travel to different places and go to the Super Bowl, stuff like that. So, yeah, it all worked out, you know, building relationships. That's that's one key thing that I always tell people, building relationships. That's key. That's key, exactly. And Uh one thing you said, one thing you said, which is so important for people to know, like, you know, like we live in the world of, this internet now, but, but back when we all first started, like you said, you had to hustle. And it was, when you sit and you think about it, it was such a good thing. Um, And like you said, all you had was magazines. That's how you found out who was doing who. Like you see these magazine spreads and you see your favorite celebrities Mm -hmm. and you would read, Mm -hmm. you would read the credit, who's doing the makeup, who's doing the hair, who did the styling. And that's how you knew of people. Right, that's how you and that's, that that kept the magazine companies also in business, and you know people working too magazines. So I think that that's mm-hmm. something that I miss because I love magazines. Yes. <laughs> and like yeah. I said, you know, being from a small city, which now is not a small city, Columbus, Georgia, but then you know I thought it was when I would go to Detroit or Atlanta or Birmingham and other cities at yeah. a very young age. You know, I I would collect magazines from every city I went to. That would be the main purpose of me, like, oh, let me go in this store. I need to buy a magazine, you know, because I need to know what's happening in other places. Right. Right. And, 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 I, and you know, that was the key to it, just staying on trend. Yes, exactly, because that's the stuff that you had to do. Like, you know, you had to, like you said, buy magazines when you traveled, um, research mm-hmm. the people, you know, and – and back in those days, it was like Crystal Wright was like the one person, kind of like you had access to it all, to all of those people. And, yeah. you know, you kind of followed what she was doing, too. And and she was kind of giving information and insight at, into, like, how, to, how you approach getting these jobs, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. a, that was her first volume book back then, too, so uh-huh. that was some years. Uh-huh. And um, I yeah, still I have, have that book, and I think I, I have too, both girl. of them. But, yeah, <laughs> I like, too. that was our way. Like, I learned how to build a portfolio. I learned how to do mm-hmm. shoots. I learned from scratch, like, how to go yeah. to photo shoots and do testing in time for print. I just learned. Mm-hmm. I worked with so many great photographers, you know. I was mm-hmm. also a makeup artist, so I would just kind of creatively plan my own shoots. That way I can have content. So when people ask me, let me see your work, I already got my work. You know, it was just things that I was doing outside of the box where I was from. I know that, you know, in New York and L.A., people was already doing that stuff. But where I was from, that wasn't heard of. So right. 
I was I had already started even back then trying to create classes and courses just for the people like as I learn I teach. As I learn I teach. Because that was just the mm-hmm. educator in me. I was at the time working for a firm relaxer system, so I was like also traveling with them and meeting other hairstylists. I was the youngest educator and platform artist on their roster at that time. I think I was like 23 years old, and I was out there because I was I could cut. I always could cut. Hello. I think I got disconnected. Denise? I hear you. I can hear you. Oh, okay. I don't know what happened with I don't know what happened with Janice, but I can hear you. Oh, okay. No, so yeah, I was just, you know, kinda always minding my networking. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it it's just listening to your whole story is really so interesting because, you know, you see so many people and when they when they watch other people and when they see where other people are, people often how can I say this nicely? <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Yeah, you just got to say it, girl, because I, I, I feel yeah. you a thousand. <laughs> yeah, people often have, you know, so many feelings about other people and how they got to where they are. And I'm just, I'm just listening to you. I'm just smiling because I'm, this is my first time really hearing your story. And it's like you really, when you, when you look at people and see where they are or where you think they are, you cannot one, number one, get jealous of that mm-hmm. because everybody has their own journey. Everybody mm-hmm. has their own story. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm loving your story because, like you Thank said, you. this is all you've done. This is all you've done. All you've done is hair. You don't know nothing but hair. Hair know. in the business of hair. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's so good to hear that. And the thing is, I believe everybody has a story, but it's so good to hear your story because, you know, you didn't come up in a time um, when, you know, when you just relied on the Internet or, you know, social media and things like that. Like you said, you, you know, you were researching in magazines. You were going to hair shows. You know, you had mentors who, who came up in a time when they didn't have much of anything, really, to go on, but what they knew and what other people taught them. So it's really good to hear um, your story and how you developed as a hairstylist and all the people that you've worked with. It's just really good to hear. And that's, that's one thing that's so important for everybody to know, I believe, is that you have to create your own way. Mm-hmm. And you can't, yeah. you can't say, oh, well, she's doing this and she's doing that. I want to do this. I want to do that. It's great if mm-hmm. you want to do it, but you have to create your own way of getting there. Everybody has mm-hmm. their own journey. And it's yeah. so unique to them. You can't rush the process, you know? You cannot. And you know one thing I will tell your listeners? During my time of, I don't think I've ever reached a peak of, you know, we always climbing. But for me, my success has other than only in my professional and career because God has been super good to me as a young mother, a young married mother, 19, 20, 21 years old, you know, just staying the course and truly trusting the process because when you love what you do and when you're in it, 
and you're enjoying it, the time will fly. And every thought and desire that your heart has had will come into fruition. But you got to just enjoy the journey. And I think that's what I did. I really enjoyed the journey because I was raising my children and I was having a successful career at the same time. So the highs could be this one day and lows could be that another day. But at the end of the day, my entire life was just not based around, you know, just only my success is my career. Right. Right. So you have to find your purpose and what you're doing so that you can always feel good about, you know, your journey. So you can be enjoying it while you're doing it, not just constantly, constantly trying to reach to the next goal. Have fun. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. And um, a lot of people miss out on that. I think they miss out on it because, like I said before, they're too busy looking at everybody else instead of focusing mm-hmm. on what's in front of mm-hmm. them. You know, you, you've got to, you know, whatever your goals are, focus on your goals. Yeah, you know, like I tell people all the time, like as I educate people and train people in wanting to transition from the salon to behind the scenes, which is a program I made because of my own personal journey. That is it. It was inspired by my story. I transitioned by myself with no agent, no representative, nobody. I did the work, and now I want to make it a little bit easier, but at the end of the day, there's a, you have to have a good foundation, and that salon life, that's a foundation that I think is very needed to carry you along, along in this other part of the life because you get to deal with so many different types of people before you get that to that higher level. You know, I just think that it builds character there. So to all my hairstylists out there who have a desire to work, you know, with the celebrities and, and go far, you will do it. But right now, treat all them clients that you're doing every day like a celebrity. And before you know it, you'll be getting that celebrity money. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's. I think that's what the focus should be, you know. Um, people yeah. should focus on just doing the work. And, you know, treat every – I mean, don't look at it like, oh, celebrity, oh, everyday woman. Listen, at some point the celebrity was an everyday woman, so – you have to really. Some um, of my everyday woman clientele pay like. Listen, don't get it twisted. You have a lot of wealthy women that are willing to pay, pay for services. Mm-hmm. So sometimes people don't realize. Let me tell you, I'm going to tell you this story and I'm going to be done. In 2008, when I had my real pandemic, was when I first my, I got my first long term show working on a set for four months. Mm-hmm. I took a pay cut because nobody tells you that every opportunity, the pay is not created equally. So if you're doing okay. well behind the chair in your salon and you can average $100 an hour by the end of the day, then you've done the exact same thing you're going to do on set by sitting all day. So you got to know right. what you want. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. You just have to really know. And let's you talk a little bit about what, what... Because sometimes it can't be about the money. No. 
Because there are clients out here in this world that will pay good, good money for you to do their hair. Mm-hmm. And I'm blessed with those clients. And they they wait on me. They understand my schedule. And I'm grateful. I still love servicing them. Those are good, top, high-paying clients. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, I mean, that's that's what you're going for. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, that's the ultimate goal, I guess, for some people. They just want, you know, the recognition and ultimately the awards and things of that mm-hmm. nature. And I think that's them if you have a desire for it. Right. Exactly. But I want to talk a little bit more about, because you hit on it just a little bit, but I want to talk a little bit more about the Transition Salon and, and what you're doing um, for other artists behind the scenes. Oh, okay. So basically, I created this um, program where I wanted to help other people like that were, you know, like me from places that you can't get walking, you know, to a salon and see a celebrity every day. Um, I wanted to teach these people things that I had learned throughout the years, um, ways that they can kind of omit the the real hard part of transitioning their career from the salon mm-hmm. to behind the scenes. I would gather information from so many different people in the business and in the industry, along with my own personal experiences mostly, um, just to have enough solid information to tell, teach these people how to really navigate it. Because I remember when I first decided to, that I wanted to step away, I didn't navigate myself properly. So I took a very heavy financial loss. And that was in 2008. When I took that show, which the show was paying me less than I was averaging on a daily or an and a weekly basis in my salon. So I walked away from my clients, like, without communicating with them. Nobody had taught me how to do it. Like, I just cold turkey left. And now I got clients sitting around for four months, got to go to the other stylist in my salon. And so when I come back to the salon, you know, now they, like, got to retransition. They don't know what's going on. So that's when I had to tell them, like, hey, you know, I'm trying to work in the film industry and things of that nature, but it was a little too late at that time. So I teach people to to the the I teach them the formula from where they are, which is behind the chair. You have to communicate with their clients. You have to tell them that they you know your schedule may change because your whole life's going to change when you go from the salon to behind the scenes. So I created that program because I remember what it was like for me, and I just used my own personal experience to create a you know a solid curriculum where I've talked and helped educate and also help other um, hairstylists and makeup artists become part of the union through my program of teaching, whereas when they got on set, they were more educated, they had more set etiquette, and they also um, utilized my mentorship as I helped them and guided them through the transition from behind the chair because I was able to just teach them how to deal with their clientele. I had a huge clientele to the point where I had a, I, I had, I've, I've had to hire up to nine stylists, you know, just because the salon flow was that busy, you know, in my real heavy salon days. So I had to learn how to not get attached to my clients because 
I knew that I had other goals, so I put other people always in line behind me to take on with those clients. So I would teach them my way, my rhythm, my everything. So transition came about because of that, because as I was going through a transition, I didn't have anyone to hold my hand to teach me about, you know, the flexibility, the schedule changing, the the idea that you have to prepare your entire family for your new life because nobody's used to you working all night. <laughs> so it's so many reasons why I felt the need that these people needed to know exactly at least a, a starting point of what it's going to take as you're transitioning because you just can't cold turkey transition because the, the jobs may not come that fast. And you still want a clientele to fall fall back on. But I created the salon because as you're transitioning, you may not need an entire salon or even a salon suite. And I have a salon space where you can work in this salon and create a flexible schedule for yourself as you are in a transition. And that way I can mentor you and, and guide you from this salon space that's designed for that as opposed to working in a salon where if you don't work in that salon for a whole week, you still got to pay at the end of the week. That's a lot as you are, as you are trying to transition. But if you come mm-hmm. and work in my salon, you're able to pay by the day. Or you're also able to become a commission-based stylist so that you don't have to worry about your schedule as you're transitioning. You can build your schedule around your film and television schedule if you get enough days to do that. But the the idea was to teach people Exactly, you know, how to navigate through a transition of leaving your clientele behind. You know, we our clientele become our family, so that can be an, a little emotional sometimes. Um, so I just kind of give a, an entire blueprint on the entire process all the way up to helping you with your union documents and papers. So I'm thankful that I've helped many people get to that point and people have really said some wonderful things and thanked me and then on the other hand you know it was people that weren't feeling what i was doing but god said keep going so i went i kept going wow that's a that's an awesome concept because over the years i've known several hairstyles and you know one particular friend in particular back in baltimore she used to want, you know, she was wanting to do film and TV. She was in the union, though. You know, but back then when we first started, it was, it was like here in Atlanta and back in Baltimore, it was kind of the same with the amount of work that was coming to town mm-hmm. as, as well as the amount of talent that was here. So it mm-hmm. all worked out, for, you know, fine. But back then, like, she was already in the union, so she wasn't trying to get in. She was already in. But it was a struggle because whenever she got hired, let's say for not just for day plan, but just for like a show that she was permanently on, like she had a permanent mm-hmm. position on, um, she struggled with the clientele. Like if you're working mm-hmm. Monday through Friday, you have two days off on the weekend, those two days mm-hmm. she would be in the salon until she was just wearing herself completely out. Mm-hmm. And yep, then, I mean, I all of that, yep. Yeah. <laughs> And then when she just said, okay, you know what, enough is enough. I need to, like, tell my clients I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to, you know, be here for the next month or whatever, that they would have to, you know, she would send them to other people. But sometimes she struggled with that because some clients, 
you know, knew what she was trying to do, and they were like, okay, cool. And then there was other clients who were like really not feeling it. And so those clients who weren't feeling it, that's what, where the struggle came in for her because it was like she didn't want to lose those clients, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, I'm just working on this film for two and a half months versus, you know, I'll have my clients for the rest of the year, you know. So mm-hmm. I know a lot of clients that were struggling with that. So I really feel like if this was something like this provided back then, I know caught on to how mm-hmm. to do this long time ago. But I'm glad it's something that um, – you know, that you can help people with now because, yes, that's a big thing for hairstyles. They, a lot of them don't want to leave the salon but still want, um, you know, to be able to do the film and television work. Mm-hmm. Or even if it's not film and TV, it's just other work that may have them traveling, like traveling yeah. with, you know, product brands or traveling with celebrities or whatever the situation is. So mm-hmm. um, I think it's a good thing now. Have you only worked with artists just here in the Atlanta area with this program? No, not at all. I've been booked out. I've done classes in Charlotte, in Memphis, in L.A., in Virginia. Um, I was booked out in Minnesota. So I've traveled this tour because wherever, I mean, I don't only teach people to get into the film industry. I teach them how to work behind the scenes. And there's an etiquette that is different than the salon etiquette in any facet of behind the scenes. Whether you're an educator and you're working with other educators behind the scenes, you have to know different language. Whether you are working um, in editorial doing photo shoots, you got to know how to have that etiquette in that language. So I basically have done it all, music videos, photo shoots, magazines. So my my foundation is basically here's behind-the-scenes etiquette, but we'll get a little bit more specific depending on your specific needs because, believe it or not, there are a lot of hairstylists that still don't know how to flex their schedule. I've met so many of them doing this. I've educated at least a 1,000 hairstylists and makeup artists in the past five years that I've done this. I did really well during the pandemic because I was able to do virtual at a discounted rate, and people want to know the information. And I give it to them, and they're like, wow. And, you know, I have so many testimonies where people like, thank you so much for that information because nobody helped me while I was there. I was lost. So I did that because I remember feeling like that. I remember not knowing how to juggle my clientele, not knowing. So I just started creating a strategy. I started creating systems, putting systems in place for my life. So I didn't have a set schedule, like how hairstylists feel like, oh, I got to be off on these days. No, I had to learn how, as a business owner, I might have to work on a, a day that is different than the rest of the hairstylists. So I had to go against the, you got to go against the grain a lot as a hairstylist and get real untraditional. You don't have to have Monday and Tuesday off or Sunday and Monday. I work on Sundays when I'm in the salon. Um And then if I know that I'm going to a show, I don't have that type of huge clientele now like I used to, but I would prepare my clients and I would have the next person who was an employee for my business to service those clients. And that way my business still maintained. And that employee who was also in hairstylist, she got paid really well. Wow. I love it. You know, just like but you said, putting took, systems in place. It took me after 2008, though, to figure that out. Like, dang, I got to get mm-hmm. a system. 
And the system, yeah. the system, I'll give them this piece of jewel for a lot of business owners and, you know, entrepreneurs in the beauty industry out there. Just because you work for someone does not still make you a business owner. You can go and work mm. in a commission salon and still be a business owner. The objective is to create flexibility because you're ultimately going to leave behind the chair anyway. So don't get attached to your salons and your salon suites, especially if you don't own the property. Go and work in a salon that you can create some flexibility, like, hey, I can only work on these days, and I'm also available on Sundays. You know how many hairstylists mm-hmm. would love to have their doors open seven days a week so they can make money? Right. So I just right. want to say that my hairstylists out there who who are attached to their suite and, you know, being an owner of something, when you own your document, your state registrations, your LLCs, you are all, you're going to be the owner even in a commission salon. So what I would do was I would have to educate these stylists who I was hiring on how to work in a different environment as not as a booth renter. In our culture, mm-hmm. people are, they like to do that, and that's a good thing if you have enough clientele. But if you need to right. build a clientele or if you need to flex your schedule or if you need to have a part-time schedule, you might need to go in the salon and work as a commission-based stylist so that you can get the proper mm-hmm. training and education that you need. Right. Absolutely. And you, you made a point, you know, um, there were I just remember times when hairstylists they were like, Okay, we can only work what is it, Tuesday through Saturday. We're not working right. Sunday through Who Monday. They stuck to that. But what listen, but what they did was then they crammed a bunch of people in all those other days, you know, and then that's how they made sure they still made their money. That they they were you know they're not working mon- Sunday and Monday, but Tuesday through Saturday, and we're going to cram in as many people, especially on Fridays and Saturdays. And mm-hmm. um, it used to be it used to be a bad thing because they would have so many clients, like booking them every fifteen minutes or so. You know where mm-hmm. you really can't get the service that you really would like because mm-hmm. it's just so many people. But I'm like you said, basically you know you make the schedule. Yeah. And you can have off or work whatever day you want. Culturally, no one educated us, even from school, in beauty school. They didn't teach us how to run the business side of it. And the only way that I learned that is through my mentor. I was never a booth renter in her salon. I was always an employee for her, and she paid me with a check once a week after taking my taxes out. So as early on as 16, I learned that method in the salon. But mm-hmm. I got real casual and, and and I followed the culture and the trend and became a booth rental salon. But I knew that that type of environment didn't work well for me because that's not how I was brought up in the business. Right. So my training, my mindset was always, commission-based because I knew the benefits that come along with the commission-based salon, meaning the education that you get, the idea of being able to build a clientele without having to spend any money. That right mm-hmm. there was sweet enough 
because you got to pay a $250 or so booth rent and buy your supplies and your products and everything. That's about $1,000 a week generally for a booth rent or hairstyle. Then you take home what you made left, and most of the time back in the 90s and the early 2000s, a lot of people just getting cash and not really taking record of what they're making anyway. Yeah. So why not set yourself up for success by creating and being in an environment that, okay, I can learn here, I can grow here. And ultimately, ultimately for me, I've always been the type of salon owner who likes to see people when they want to move along and do their own thing. And I want to help them do that because, you know, how I want my business to continue to thrive with, you know, for years to come. And sometimes people have to move on and grow the same way that we have to grow. So mm-hmm. ideally in transition salon, if you strive to be a business owner or of a salon or have a solid clientele, this is also an environment that you can you can get that because I'm going to teach you and show you how to operate as a business owner, even working for someone. Mm-hmm. Because the real deal is real that they is when you go to work for a production company, you're working for someone anyway. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, really hey, stop right here. Stay a business owner and let me show you how to do both of them. I think that's amazing. I really do. I think it, and it's so needed. It's so needed. And, and like you said, nobody was teaching, you know, um, well, except your mentor. <laughs> You got a lot from your mentor, but really, like, when I just look at hair salons and, you know, because I grew up going to the hair salon, so when I sat around and always looked, yeah. I always paid attention to, like, that culture and what's happening in the salon, and mm-hmm. I remember working with, I mean, not working, but going to a stylist that worked in a salon that was owned by this husband and wife couple, and mm-hmm. Everything seemed so well put together and, um, you know, the way they operated with the stylist. And even though um, everybody was an employee of the salon, everybody had, it was a certain dress code. It was a certain way that everybody had to be. And I just thought that was so nice and so, um, it was just so organized and everything. And they operated um, as employees of the, of the um, salon. And then I noticed, like, when one of the stylists, left and went to open up her own space, um, you know, things started to change. And then that's when I started noticing that they were going to booth rent. Mm -hmm. And so you start seeing all this stuff changing. And so, you know, if you're booth renting, you might not necessarily be following a dress code. Um, And for some people, that, that doesn't mean a whole lot, but it means a lot if you're the owner of that salon and there's like Mm -hmm. an image that you're trying to uphold. Um, yeah, seen it where some salon owners, when somebody wants to leave and do their own thing, they're not down with that. Um, so I've just seen a lot of that. So a lot of the stuff that you're talking about, I've, you know, witnessed or, or heard stylists complain about, like they want to go out on their own and the salon owner is not being supportive and, you know, things like that. Um, but what you're doing, I definitely feel like <laughs> I feel like um, you could probably talk, go to some salons and, and, and teach this, actually. Um, but yeah, are there a lot of salons out there now? My 
say, you know, working in this film industry, our time gets biased. And I'm like, I'm already mm-hmm. in September. I do allow salon owners to come to me. Like, I have downtime that I will gotcha. share with people. Hey, I'm available this week. And I have people, you know, who are salon owners, and I create lunch and learn days. Like, I actually have oh. one on Wednesdays. You can nice. come in, and we'll learn one skill, and we'll it'll be an open Q&A. And I know these things kind of can be done um, via Zoom, but we did so much Zoom during COVID that I'm like, okay, oh my God. come yeah, and that way I can teach them one thing or have another stylist or makeup person there to teach them something. And then while we all kind of do a Q&A, and most people want to, you know, ask questions about the film industry. So I kind of still try to do those types of things, but I wish that I, I really would love to do that, like go into salons and, you know, kind of get what their problems are because, you know, most booth rental salons do got problems. So, um because if not anything, you know, you might have somebody in there that don't have all their paperwork together. Just down to yeah. the small things. Small you know, things, yeah. Got, I, I like for us to, to have our stuff in order so we can really exude black excellence, and it starts down mm-hmm. to the small. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, with a little bit of time that we have left, I want to talk about your, your product line and what you have to offer. Oh, thank you so much. Yes, I created a um, a healthy hair care growth system about ten years ago um, when I was kind of in my in the in the thick of my transition from leaving the salon. I I thought that I needed a product or something that could sustain my income, and I created this product. And it wasn't until about five years ago that I really invested in it. And it's called Earthly Things, and so. Um, Earthly Things is designed for women and men with um, thinning, shedding, hair growth, hair growth issues, just simply because me being an a educator and a hair care expert, I've done a lot of research on hair shedding. I've taken a lot of classes. I didn't become a trichologist, but I, I'm close to one, and I'm very well connected to a lot of people in the city of Atlanta that are also restoration experts like I am because I have a passion for you know, the hair and the scalp. So I created a product, and it's called Earthly Things, and it's mostly all natural. Um, And it's an essential growth oil, um, a detox shampoo, a moisturizing shampoo, and a conditioner. And the main ingredient is rosemary oil. Um, And, yeah, I'm I'm excited about my product. It's still going and thriving, um, you know, and – She's still a baby, so I'm still nurturing her, and I I intend on expanding the the product line really really soon to an herbal tea mm-hmm. um, for hair growth and women's hormones. You know, because mm. I'm also at the age now where I'm having to drink a lot of herbal tea for that same reason, and a lot of our right. our hair issues at our at in you know in midlife start you know with our hormones. So I just want to kind of share with the people what I use for myself. I love hair. I just told a client that today, I really do love hair. So I like healthy hair, and I want to create products and um, tools eventually that are designed for health, healthy hair. Nice. And and where can people get um, get the product? Okay, so you, I have a website, which is called 
earthly-things.com, and also they can pick up an in-store location. Um, I have a salon downtown on Hank Aaron. It's 565 Hank Aaron Drive, Southeast, Atlanta, Georgia, 30312. And you can pick it up in the store or you can order it online, and I ship out twice a week. And, yeah, um, go for it because if if you – even if you don't have thinning or hair scalp issue, it's a moisturizing system, so you can't ever have too much of a good thing. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we're going to have to get you back on another time to just basically talk a little bit about um, actually hair and how to treat, you know, thinning and damaged hair and um, just get more into the hair and the products. Mm-hmm. And I would love for you two ladies, if you ever have time, to come by and stop by the salon. And I owe you guys a service on me for this great interview. Um, I appreciate it so much. Uh, when are you available? So you your whole holding me accountable. <laughs> and this week is the week I'm in the salon. <laughs> nice. <laughs> listen, listen, don't offer me a free service because I am going to take you up on it. Okay, <laughs> I would. I'd be right there. Like, when? When when I can come? Just text me so I can put you guys down. I would love you. Absolutely. That'd be awesome. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Demi. We really appreciate you. This was a great interview. It just, this interview kind of took me back a little bit. Mm -hmm. Just like kind of. I like that. yeah, the beginning days and just all of the, the things that you, you know, that you had to do and go through just to try to get in as much as you could. And um, mm-hmm. I just hate that. Um, I just see so many different ways that people are doing things nowadays, and it's just so different. And I don't, you know, I don't knock people in their hustle or what have you, but I just feel like there's a lot of people who, they, you know, they just want it so bad, and they just want it right away. And I feel yes. like they miss yes. out. Yeah, they miss they out miss on a out. lot. They're missing out on all the fun yes. stuff that happens in the process and all the growing, all the humility that has to happen in order for you to yes. get over into this lane. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's sad because it's like they have no story to tell. Um, and... <laughs> They just find themselves in in situations that they're probably not even prepared for. Yeah, yeah. I tell people all the time, you know, these big beasts that, you know, it's like, you know, when people used to a high level of things, you haven't been taught that level yet, you got to climb those stairs. Don't take the elevator. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. So let's um, we just keep, you know, keep just keep trying to educate people and inform people the best way we can, and so that they can get a little something out of it. Yeah, I really do appreciate this platform, and I definitely will spread the word. You know, um, make sure that my viewers, people that I know, know about this uh, radio show. Oh, I really appreciate that for sure. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. Well, we will let you get back to resting and relaxing. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> really good. Um, and yeah, just hit me up. I'm here this week, and I'm in the salon. Um, 
just text me. But how your viewers can also book is www.transitionsalonstudio.com. Okay. And tell us also how to follow you on social media. All my social media is Demi Dixon. Oh, that's simple enough. (laughs) I am Demi Dixon. (laughs) All right. (laughs) That's great. All right. Thank you so much, Demi. We really appreciate you. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you, guys, for tuning in. We were speaking with celebrity hairstylist Demi Dixon. It was a wonderful story. Um, mm-hmm. I, I love knew, it. I knew her beginnings. She and I talked about um, how she started some some years back. We were, I remember, at one of the early Tyler Perry studios, um, and when we first met. And I remember her telling me a little bit about how she got into the business, but I didn't know all that she shared with us tonight. So it was a great story. Great to hear. Um, and I'm just happy about all of the things that she's doing. She definitely has a program that a lot of artists, um, hairstylists working in salons, all need to hear because we totally miss out on the business and how to manage. And even if you're not, like, in a salon, if you're, let's say you, you know, maybe just have a regular job, sometimes you have to uh, find a way to make it all work and to find that that balance and put systems in place so that you're able to, continue doing what you were doing, but also make moves in the direction of where you want to go. So check her out, imdemidixon.com, if you want to know more information about that program. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in with us tonight. We were happy to have you on. I see a lot of familiar numbers um, on the on the line. So thank you guys for tuning in. And um, that's all we have for tonight. You can follow us. On Twitter, we are beauty underscore talk. And on Instagram, we are beauty underscore talk underscore media. And on Facebook, we are beauty talk online. And I'm not sure if we're doing um, faces or not. Denise hasn't said, you know, I'll leave that up to her. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And uh, the timekeeper I see is on the phone. Um, Okay, half hour. Half hour on spaces. Meet you guys over there in a few minutes. Thank you all for tuning in. Have a wonderful evening and have a beautiful and blessed week. Good night, everybody. Good night.